Have you ever had, have a dream or a goal in your life that you wanted to accomplish and you just kind of been waiting, kind of waiting? Hey, this series will tell you it's time. Let's do this, right? Maybe it's a, it's a fresh start. Maybe it's a, some, some things that you've been putting off the better version of yourself. Hey, it's time. The light is green. We're going to talk about uh, moving forward in this series and how to move, move into the best life you could possibly live. Uh, here's, here's my goal. Just for this series, for the month of January, we're going to go through the series of challenging us. And when we make decisions, if you ask better questions, you'll make better decisions. And so this series, we're going to be asking some different questions of ourselves and each other to help us to make the best decisions we could possibly make. And so my, my goal is this, whether you're a Jesus follower or not, a better version of you makes the world better. And so I hope for you to be better so that the world can be better, right? So your world can be better. Have you ever been at a, a green light or at a light, stoplight and the light turns green and the car in front of you doesn't go? What do you do? Are you one of these people that's just kind of like, you know, I'm going to just wait and be nice and just they'll eventually figure it out? Or maybe uh, you're like the friendly honker, right? The little beep, beep, right? That's kind of like, I'm your friend, right? Or are you like the aggressive, what's wrong with you, moron, right? We get all little all those in our in our city sometimes. I was at a light last night driving here, and um, and, and and I'm at a light. We're at the stoplight, and there's a truck in front of me, an SUV. And I see through the through the back window into their dashboard, they have their iPhone set up or phone, some kind of phone set up on the little like you know holder. And there's a movie playing, and so it must have been a really good movie because the light turns green, all the cars start going except this one. And so I'm there, kind of like, are you gonna move? Beep beep. Honk, what am I doing here, right? And uh, eventually they, they kind of look up and say, oh, it's time to go. And after a few cars left, they go. And then we're going through. And there's another light that when you turn into the kind of close by the building here, that it's, it's a left arrow. And I've used this light so much that I know exactly how many cars can get through that light. So if the cars move fast, you can get five. If they move slow, you can get three. So typically like average four, right? So I know if I'm the fifth car, there's a good chance I'm going to have to wait for the next light cycle, which is kind of like, oh, I'm so close, right? So if, if they move slow, I usually miss it and, and all that. So you just you kind of know the, know the lights, right? But when the light's green, it's like sometimes people are like, beep, beep. Come on, let's go. Let's move. The light is green. Uh, I've been behind people that you, you can tell that they're doing something um, kind of like down because their head is down this way. And their shoulders are kind of just moving a little bit, you know, kind of guess what they're doing. And light turns green and it's kind of like, you know, just waiting. Uh, one time I was the light and it happened and the car behind me was like, <laughs> and the car looks up and I'm like, not me. <laughs> beep, beep, let's go, right? And so they, they eventually find go. I've seen other people, you know, they're looking at the car next to them and just like admiring this amazing car, right? They're just, they're just fixated on this really beautiful car and the light turns green and they get distracted. Others are maybe checking out the opposite sex, like, whoa, that person's a pretty good-looking person, right? And they don't go because they're distracted. I've seen other people who are looking at the wrong light, and it's red, and it's green. But they're looking at the red light, and they're not going because it's green in front of them. They're just distracted. All different kinds of reasons that we don't go through green lights. Well, in life, all of us have a better version of ourselves, right, financially, emotionally, mentally, physically, um, relationally, spiritually, all of us have these goals and these dreams and desires to be better in these areas, right? But for some reason, many times, we just stay at the light even though the light is green and we don't do anything. We just wait. Maybe we're waiting for the cross guard to like say, all right, guys, people, come on, light's green, keep going, right? We're waiting for something. So this series is kind of like that beep, beep, the light is green, let's go. It's a new year, it's a new start. 
Sometimes it's kind of like, I feel like just like some people like, what are you waiting for? You've been waiting 10 years. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's move forward. So this series, hopefully it's going to be a little bit of encouragement to get you to keep moving and recognize that the light is green. Well, what happens when the light's not green? We'll talk about that in a while, right? Because for some people, yeah, the light is not green or you're on the wrong road. And so we'll talk about that. But there's a passage in scripture where Jesus has this encounter with these different individuals. It's found in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 9. We're going to read from the paraphrase, which is the message uh, translation, the paraphrase of, of the Bible. I love the message, how it does it, because it just gives us a different uh, perspective of what's taking place in these encounters. And this is what the message says. On the road, someone asked if he could go along. So they're asking Jesus a question, right? I'll go with you wherever, he said. And Jesus was curt. So Jesus wasn't the beep, beep. This was kind of like that. Like, if you really want to get on with me, here's what you have to know, need to know. He said, are you ready to rough it? We're not staying in the best inns, you know. So Jesus is saying, if you're going to follow me, it's not about comfort. It's not about just pleasure. It's not about just taking it easy. If you're going to come with me, there's going to be a little bit of sacrifice involved. So he's telling him, like, there's going to be some some sacrifice involved. So people are listening to this like, okay, so if I'm following Jesus, it's not necessarily just about comfort or about ease. It's about sacrifice, about following him on this journey. And so if somebody else says this, so Jesus said another one, follow me, he said. And the person said, certainly, but first, but first, excuse me for a couple of days, please. I have to make arrangements for my father's funeral. And Jesus refused. And that kind of sounds like, man, Jesus is a harsh guy. Didn't let him bury his dad, right? That's sad. No, in this scenario, this guy is making an excuse because this would be a long, drawn-out process. And what he's saying is, let me drag this out. It's kind of like the, the same, same excuse somebody would say, well, in 10 years, I'll begin to make better choices. When I'm a little older, maybe 40, I'll really begin to buckle down with finances. That's kind of what this guy's doing. He's saying, well, yeah, later on down the road, then maybe I'll be, be, be serious about it. So he said, but first, he made excuses, and Jesus says, no, that's not how this works in my kingdom. He says, first things first, your business is life, not death. So he's telling him, the choices you're making are leading to death or dragging it out. Your business is life, it's not death. And life is urgent. Announce God's kingdom. Come on, let's get, let's get going, right? The light's green, let's get going. And then another said, I'm ready to follow you, master. So all these people are telling Jesus the different reasons of why or they, why they want to wait or not follow Christ. I'm ready to follow you, Master, but first, excuse me while I get things straightened out at home. So I, this is the kind of person that says, like, one day I'll get there, but first I need to do these things. One day I'll save, but first I want to make sure all these other things get in order first. And it's, it's just making excuses, not moving forward. And Jesus says, no pro- pro- procrastination, no backward looks. So don't get stuck looking at 2020. Don't get stuck looking and waiting for something else to take place. Get going. Beep, beep, the light is green, let's get going. And then he ends up by saying this, you can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow, seize the day. We try to put things off till tomorrow, and he's saying, don't wait for tomorrow, live in the day, live in the day. Today is the most important day of your life, because the day that you have. Tomorrow's not promised, right? Yesterday you can't change, but today you can do something with what you have. And so he's saying, beep, beep, let's go. So in the series... What are you waiting for in these different areas of your life? Let's go. Let's move forward. So if we're going to move forward, the Bible has a lot to say about new and old. It talks a lot about new things. It talks about old things. And so if we're going to move into the new, a new year, 2021, it's always a great way to start off fresh, right? To break some old things, to start some new things. Well, if we're going to start new, there's a few things that we have to leave behind in the past. So the question is, what are we going to leave in 2020? And what are we going to bring with us? 
Because too, too few people ask that question, they actually bring everything with them, and it just repeats the next year the same as it was the, the year before. So if we're going to move into the new, we have to move on from old history. So we're going to start off by moving from old history. Something's taking pl- place in the past, and you're stuck. You're, you're, you're holding on to that. Um, you're, you're not letting it go, right? This could be a, a bankruptcy. This could be a divorce. This could be something in 2020 that happened, or maybe even further off in the past. It could be something that was very difficult and very hard, and you have to work through it, but you can't let that define you. We have to be able to get become, say, this, this is a new year. It's a new start. Let's move forward. You know, the eggs are already scrambled. You can't unscramble them. So what do you do? You deal with it. You make breakfast burritos, and you move forward, right? You, you move on to the next thing, and we can't live the old history. We have to let go of that, move past it. So Isaiah says it like this. The former things, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. So God is talking to prophet Isaiah, and he's saying, uh, forget the former things. Don't, don't get stuck in the past because it's going to keep you back, right? I am doing something new. I'm going to do a new thing in your life. Now it springs up. Don't you see it? Aren't you aware of it? Can't you see what's, what, what I'm trying to do? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland, in the desert. So the song we just sang, Waymaker, this is where the verse comes from, right? It's God making a way where there seems to be no way. He's making a way in the, in the desert. He's making streams to bring life even in the desert. And God is saying, don't you see it? I'm trying to do something new, so forget the past. The new is here. The new is coming. Let me move into it. Let, let's move into the new, right? So we, we, we follow God into the new. The second thing, after we move from old history, we have to move from old habits. You know, I talked about Thanksgiving and Christmas. You can get in the habit of eating a lot during this season, right? This is why fasting is important in 21 days because we begin to break that off to say, you know what? If I want to make it be healthier at the end of 2021, I need to begin to not be, be mastered by, by food, right? My stomach cannot be the master of me. I'm going to say no to that. I'm going to, I'm going to push, push that, that res, resist that so I can say yes to other things. So maybe, maybe the old habits, maybe this addiction. I don't know if you picked this in 2020. Maybe it's one that you've had for a long time. Maybe it's your phones. Maybe you're addicted to your phone. Um, maybe it's TV um, or words that you've been telling yourself or words you've been saying that you have to break from. You know, I heard that um, um, that the average American spends two hours, at least, you know, a little more than that, on social media every single day. So two hours on social media, that's like over 600 hours in a year. What could you do with 600 hours in a year if you didn't do social media? I think it takes like probably about six hours on average to read a book, right? If you read pretty consistently straight through, that's like 100 books. That's a lot of books you can read if you just said no to social media. That doesn't include TV, right? You add on TV, now the, the time grows. So the average American spends a lot of time doing things that aren't necessarily bad. They're just not very productive a lot of times. What if we let go of some old habits and begin to move into something better, into something different? I, I read a book. I recommend it. It's called Atomic Habits. And, and the, the author, he says uh, social media was so strong in his life that he had to put a system in place to help, help get him away from that during productive seasons and, and times. So for him, he had his assistant. She had his, his account information and password. And what he told her to do is every Friday she would log him out of social media because his weekends were as productive, like, you know, days to do a lot. So she would log him out of on Friday. And then on Monday she would text him the new password. So the whole weekend, he couldn't log into social media because he didn't have the password to get in because he knew if he had it, he would not accomplish the things he wanted to accomplish over the weekend. And so he put a system in place to help break it. So what, in your life, what are the old habits you have to break? 
21 days of prayer and fasting, it helps with this because we're saying, I'll not be mastered by anything. So maybe it's social media that you need to take a break from. Maybe it's food. Maybe it's some kind of sweets and sugar, right? There's all different kinds of fasts, and I would encourage you to, to learn more about that. And then pick one and choose one, and then go for it. And then meet us on Saturdays here at 9 to pray and make it not just about fasting, but also about prayer and seeking God also. So we have to move from the old history, but also from old habits. Isaiah 58 says this, Is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loosen the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. God's desire in our life is to keep us free, not bound by anything. Not our stomachs, not our finances, not anything like that. Doesn't, nothing would master us, but we would master it. This is why praying and fasting is so important, because it helps to break the yoke. It helps us to be focused on the correct things, on the right things. So he's, he's inviting us to say, if you will seek me, and fasting is one of those ways that we let our flesh be, we tell it to be quiet. And here's the thing about the flesh. When you don't eat for a while, it starts growling, it starts getting loud, right? But those are only just reminders that you're saying, I'm gonna, I want something more from God than just from, from my stomach. And it, those, those, those hunger pains remind us that we're, what we're doing and why we're doing it. So those things aren't bad when it gets louder. But here's the thing about fasting. Whatever you feed is going to grow. And whatever you starve will eventually die in your life. So if you have a bad habit that you're feeding, it's only going to grow. But as soon as you begin to starve it, it'll eventually begin to shrink and not be so loud in your life. And so God invites us to do that. That's why fasting is so important. So he's saying this is break from some old habits, right? And then the third thing is move on from old hurts. Sometimes this is tied to the past, and sometimes it's tied to the, the very distant past, and sometimes it's just to the recent. But if we're going to move into the future, right, to become the best version of ourselves, to be better in, in different areas of our life, we have to move from old hurts. See, for too many people, our old hurts have defined our lives for so long. It's given us a reason to have an excuse to stay at the light. Well, you don't understand, somebody hurt me, right? And, and many people don't do anything, and they never move on because they're holding on to the hurt. I was, I was at one light, and um, um, the car, one car didn't go, and the other car did the, the aggressive kind of like, you know, move out of the way. And so the car in front took it an offense and said, fine, you're going to be a jerk. I'm going to be a jerk too. And they just stayed. And then the light turned yellow, and then they went. <laughs> and then the car behind was another light cycle. So that person that was being honked at and the one honking, most likely they have hurts in their life because hurting people always hurt people. And when you're hurt and somebody gives you a beep beep or a honk like, hey, man, get going, you take offense because you were already hurt. Now they're going to hurt you because somebody else hurt you and you put it on them and the cycle just keeps going and going on. And you, you assume everybody's out to hurt you because you haven't moved on or dealt with your hurts. So we need to figure out how do we move from old hurts. And there's a process. God wants us to, to, to work in our lives through that. Second Corinthians says this, therefore, if anyone is, in, anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here, all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. He said, if you're a Jesus follower, you have a new fresh start. If you're not a Jesus follower, the good news is he says, follow my lead and I'll give you a new start. Let me be Lord of your life and I'll give you a new start. And he uses this word reconciled. I like that word. You know, reconciled means that you had, I don't know if you've ever had a really big debt, maybe credit card debt or mortgage, and at some point you, you worked really hard to pay it off, and you finally got it down to zero, and you were debt-free. How did that give that feel, right? That's what reconcile means. It means a balance, the balance was brought to zero. So in your life, because of sin, we had a debt that we owed to God, but because of the cross, God brought our balance to zero because of his grace. And we receive his, his sacrifice on our behalf, he reconciles us. He makes us right with God. We have right standing 
with him. And so he, Paul's saying, therefore, if you're in Christ, it's a new start. You're a new creation. The old is no longer here. The new is here. The old's gone. And God has done this. He's reconciled it for us. He invites us into this. Because here's the truth. You can't start the next chapter of your life, and I can't start the next chapter of my life if I keep rereading the last one. Too many people get stuck on reading the last chapters, you know, 2020, and they're going to blame it. And they're going to say all these things, or maybe it was 2010, or maybe it was 2011, or maybe it was 1973, right? Whatever that year is. And sometimes we just keep rereading and rereading. We never get into the next one because we're stuck in the last one. And the truth is, you can't go back to change the beginning. You can't change the past. But I can start, and you can start where we are, and we could change the ending. So if you didn't like the ending in 2020, why don't you change something so you have a different ending in 2021? It's up to us to get moving. The light is green. Beep, beep. Let's go. Watch this video. That's not good. Oh, I don't need this. I'm already late. Somebody will come. Anybody out there? Do you have a phone? No. Sorry. Somebody! Hello? There are two people stuck on an escalator and we need help. Now. Would somebody please do something? Help! <laughs> I don't believe this. You gotta be kidding me. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> well, there's not enough left to do. Sit. Hello? Hey, don't worry about it. I'll fix it in a second. <laughs> he said he can fix it. <laughs> All right. All right. That's more like it. He says he can fix it. But if we're honest, every single one of us has an area in our life that's like that. We're waiting for somebody else to do something when the answer is just in us. Step. Take a step. Sometimes it's physical. Some of it's emotional. Some of it's the past. Some of it's financial. Right? Some are like, well, I'm just waiting until that stimulus and then I can move forward. No, maybe you should have a budget and save some money so you don't have to rely on those things. Right? Not that they're bad. But we were waiting for other things when the power is in our own actions a lot of times, not just externally. Now, there are those occasions where you need external help. And that's why prayer and fasting is important because you're asking God, I need a breakthrough. I need help in these areas. And God does show up in those ways. But usually, he's a God of systems. He put things in place. And it's through discipline. It's through the right principles that you live out and receive the good things in life. So, beep, beep. The light is green. The escalator might be broken, but you still have two feet. Keep going. Don't let the broken parts of your life keep you from moving forward. Because the truth is we can all find excuses not to do the things that we want. And honestly, it's the hard things that we usually avoid, right? 
because we want things to be easy. But if it was easy, everybody would be doing the hard things. It takes us saying, I'm going to do some of the hard things to be able to accomplish the better things in my life. Because here's the truth. We just need to take a step, but we'll all end up somewhere at some point. The question is, where do you want to end up? So in 2021, you're going to end up at the end of the year, and maybe you want to be surprised, like, I wonder what's going to happen. And then you get there like, oh, that just wasn't quite what I hoped. A lot of people treat 2020 like that. I'm not sure it's going to take place. I'm just going to ride this out. We'll all end up somewhere. The question is, where do you want to end up financially, relationally, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, vocationally? Like, what are your goals? What do you want to, what's the destination to be? Because it's the same thing as saving some money, buying a plane ticket, get on the plane to go to your destination, right? So where's your destination for 2021 financially? Why don't you begin to budget and make a plan so it's like you're getting on that plane and when you get there, you're not surprised because you planned to get there. You had a plan to get to that destination. So where do you want to end up? Well, for us, as a, as a church, you know, we say when you, when you don't know what to do, there's four steps that we all need to take. And these four steps will help us stay on track, stay on course. And so whether you're new to, new to the faith, new to church, or been here a long time, we've built our whole, uh, the way we structure our church around these four things, all right? The first one is this, know God. We want people to know God. The first step, God is always the most important step, and he's always inviting us to know him. And if you are a Jesus follower, then I would just add know God more, okay? If you don't know God, know God. Get, find a relationship with him. If you're in a relationship, begin to know him more. Right, because we're going to end up somewhere. We we want to have his, his help saying, "What are those steps you want me to take? What are you What are you asking me, inviting me into into this life? How do I How do I know him? Well, um, if you don't know what to do, I would encourage you know a good start would be the Bible. It's his, it's his, it's it's a when we start a new year, it's always good to be able to start some new plans. So for for me, I like the YouVersion Bible app on my phone. You can do it online also. Uh, it gives you a plan that you can read through the year. So I'm, with, I'm in a, a group with a few guys in the church who are reading through the Bible in the year. So it's accountability, right? So they're going to see my check on, on the days that I re- read through the different parts. And, and there's at the bottom, there's some dialogue. We can discuss what we read and have some conversation. It just keeps us on track. Um, one of the Bible apps uh, pro, uh, plans that I like a lot from the version is, is the, the Bible Project. Um, it's, it's the New Testament Bible Project in a year. It gives you some videos, some teachings, uh, a little bit to read every single day. And it just it's a really good it's, it's a great uh, plan. I would recommend that. I've done that in the past. But just to start, right? So how do I start? You start knowing God. Well, you start reading. You start learning. You start recognizing the things he said, who he was. The second thing is we want people to find freedom. So once you know God, we want you to find freedom. Knowing him, our relationship is not enough. It's also now breaking free from things that can be your past, some hurts, things we talked about, right? You find freedom in those things. You don't be you're not mastered by anything, but there's freedom in that. It's a process. Uh, this is why we say small groups are so important. Coming to church is so important because we begin to learn the principles, get people around us to help us see what we don't see so we can eventually find freedom. The third thing is we want people to discover purpose. You begin to understand why you're made, what's in you, what your purpose is in life. What, what do you want to accomplish in 2020? What does God want you to accomplish in 2020? You know, what are those things that bother you? Usually if you can answer that question in the world, like things that really, really irritate that you want to fix, that you, that you wish somebody would fix, sometimes that's an indication of your purpose. Like you're, you're born to maybe solve that problem. You know, I heard it said that uh, the greatest two days of your life is the day you're born and the day you discovered why, right? That's purpose. You begin to discover why you're born, what you were gifted and how you were gifted. So we have a growth track that we, and, and small groups in our service that we help people discover a little bit more about who, who they are and how God made them, what they can do with their life. And the fourth thing is we want people to make a difference. So 
Um, we all have this desire that our life would count. So the church, we're saying, you know God, find freedom, discover, but then make a difference. Use your life, your time, your energy, your talents to be able to make a difference in somebody's life. As a church, we came together and we did Hearts of Hope, right? We made a difference in some families' lives. We helped them with groceries and with Christmas presents and with rent. That was a, we made a difference here in Santa Fe. We gave to Kingdom Builders. We gave to an organization in, in Ghana, East Africa, Ghana, West Africa, and, and they, they save kids from, from human trafficking. They teach single moms some, some uh, jobs so they can, they can make money. They're trying to break the, the, the cycle in, in that, their country of poverty. So by helping them, we're making a difference in Ghana, East Africa. Bike for Light, we raise a lot of money to build wells in East Africa to, build, to help people to get the gospel. Right? We're making a difference. So God wants us to use our lives. If you don't know what steps to take, here's four really good ones. Right? Know God. Know God more. Find freedom. If you don't have that, continue to be free in Christ and discover what, how God, why God made you. And then learn and use your life to make a difference in your life. And when you do this, you really will begin to live the life God created you to. So when I talk about this series, right, there's going to be a question that I'm going to have us wrestle with and, and work through every single week. So if you ask right, better questions, you, get better, you make better decisions. And so this one question, I think it's one of the best questions you can ask um, of yourself. You can ask of, of other people in your life, maybe at work, if you're married, your spouse. Um, just, just, and if you ask this question, it'll, it'll give you a step to take. It'll give you a, a, something to work on. So here's the question. What one thing... If it got better, would make the biggest difference in your life. What one thing, if it got better, would make the biggest difference in your life? If you don't know what to step, step to take maybe this year, this week, what is, what is the one thing financially, physically, spiritually? What one thing, if you would do that, would make the biggest difference? Sometimes the answer is very, very simple. Sometimes it's very difficult. But can you imagine if you'd ask this every single week of yourself or somebody in your life, what one thing, if I did, would make the biggest difference? You'd ask us to your boss or, or, or coworkers, what would make the biggest difference? You'd be, begin to improve on things and be able to see things that maybe you're not seeing, right? So what would make the biggest difference? How, do you, how can you work on something? So this week, if the light is green and you want to become the best version of yourself, what one area can you work on? Where can you start? What can you start doing? If you wrestle this question, you'll begin to find that. So here's the other part is, is what if you're on the wrong road, right? If, if you find yourself, so I'm saying the light is green, but what if you're on the right, wrong road and the light's green all the time? Like just do whatever you want to do. Have as, have as much, enjoy as much pleasure as you want and you're going the wrong direction. Well, in that case, the light is green and it's going to keep telling you just to do whatever you want, but you might need to get off that road, right? So don't, don't keep going. If you're on the wrong road, don't keep going. Stop. Maybe check your GPS. Scripture is one way to check the GPS. Sunday service is another way. Friends, relationships, right? Am I on track? Am I off track? Because we'll talk ourselves into going down the wrong road because it's easier, because it feels better, right? Because it's going to fill something in our lives that, that we want. But sometimes the answer is stopping, and always the answer is turning around when you find yourself on the wrong road. So in that case, you need to discover, if I'm in the wrong direction, I need to stop where I'm going, and I need to turn around. The, Bible, the word the Bible uses is repent. You have to change of, have a change of mind. Have a change of direction. Have a change of heart. Stop going the wrong direction. Start going the right direction. If you look back 2020, many people were on the wrong road. Maybe some addictions, different things they started. That is the wrong road, the wrong direction. So stop, turn around. Here's what John Maxwell says about when, when we work on things. He says, if you don't try to create the future you want, you must endure the future you get. 
If you don't try to create, if you don't step in and say, what's the one thing I could fix this week? What is the one thing I could work on? What are those goals in my life? If you don't try to create the future, if you don't try to create 2021 the way you want, you'll have to endure what you get. Unfortunately, 2020, too many people endured what they got and they didn't create. I said last year, I got a friend in six months, he was able to get his master's degree because he focused and he used his time in a productive way, right? Where a lot of people complained about 2020, they couldn't do anything because normal wasn't there. They just had to wait. Well, it's up to us to say, I'm going to take a step. The light is green. Beep, beep. Let's go, right? And here's the thing about moving forward and moving into the future is your old thinking won't get you into a new and better place. So in 2020, if you don't like where you ended up, don't keep the same mindset. Don't keep thinking the same things because they'll never get you to a better place, a new place. Old thinking will only get you to the same outcomes that you already had. So if you want new outcomes, you have to have new thinking. you got to start by saying, God, help me to know how to think. And how do you do this? Scripture is one of those ways you begin to get his word in you. You begin to understand his principles. You begin to start thinking differently. Paul uses, uses scripture says that we renew our mind, right, by focusing on what he's saying, not just on what we feel. So he's saying, don't, don't get stuck in this cycle of doing the wrong things and going the wrong places. I had a, a man years ago that I was trying to help, and he was an alcoholic, and he struggled with alcoholism. Um, and for him, it just had a, a hold in his life. And, and so we're talking through, and I said, okay, so where, where do you drink the most? And it was at a bar with some friends. And I says, well, why do you go there? And he says, because every time I go, I tell myself, I won't drink. I'm just going to go hang out with my friends. And then they the conversations go, and one cup turns into – one glass turns into three glasses, four glasses. And before I know it, I'm, I'm drunk. And, and I kept telling him. Your old thinking and your old places that you keep going are never going to give you a new result. You have to change something in your life that's drastic. And the power was in his hands to stop going to the places that he knew would get him in trouble. You know, in Scripture, one of the things when I think about a green light um, and new places and, and God wanted to do something new, there's, there's a story in, in the Old Testament of David. Uh, David um, was, as a young teenage boy, was picked to be the next king. Uh, so the, 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 king, the previous king before David... He was, uh, wasn't doing what God wanted him to do, and so God was going to remove him and put David in, in place. So David's tending his, his father's sheep, waiting to become king because he's young. Um, and, and while he's doing this, there's a battle that begins to form between the Israelites and the Philistines. And the Philistines and the Israelites, they, they gather around what's called the, the Valley of Elah. And there's each, each uh, group is on, one, on each side, and they're just looking at each other. And so the... As, as before the battle starts, one of their champion warriors comes out, and his name is Goliath. He's a, he's a giant. The Bible says he's about three meters, so about nine feet, nine inches or so. He comes out, um, and he says, hey, why don't, we don't need to fight. Just send your champion, your best person, and they'll fight me, and whoever wins, wins the whole battle, wins the whole war. And so the people of Israel were so afraid of Goliath that they stayed put, and nobody challenged him. So it said for 40 days, every morning and every night, Goliath would come out, and he would look at the, the, the group of Israelites, and he would mock them and taunt them and ridicule them and, and, and tease their God, tease God. And, he, and he, he would just do this every day for 40 days, morning and night. And here's the thing about 40 days. 40 days, whenever you see 40 days in, in the Bible, it's 40 always symbolizes a test in our life. Are you going to pass the test? What are you going to do with it? And so there was a test. God was trying to test the people. Who's, where's your faith? Where's your confidence? And it says in the 40th day, David just happened to be bringing some food to his brothers who were the soldiers at the, at, at the battle. And Goliath happens to come out and begin to go through his spill and taunt and tease. 
And it says, David says, who does this guy think he is? Right, a young teenage boy. Had a little bit of some boldness in him. And he said, who does this guy think he is? And the Lord got to the king that David was actually maybe considering fighting him. And so the king says, but you're just young. What are you going to do, right? You don't even have armor. Like this guy's a, he's a warrior. Like here, put my armor on. And, and, and the story's pretty awesome. You should go read it. And uh, eventually David says, no, I'm going to do it my way. So he goes and gathers five stones. And he, he has a sling, right? That was, that was the tool that he would use when he was taking care of the sheep and to fight off the wolves and things like that. And so he gets his little pouch and puts his five stones and he gets his sling. And it says that, the, that he goes out to fight Goliath. And the whole time Goliath is laughing at this little boy he calls little dog, right? And he mocks him and taunts him until the sling starts going and the rock finds its way into Goliath's head and Goliath dies. And it says David then runs and takes Goliath's sword. He uses Goliath's own sword to cut off his head. And then moment, you can only imagine in this battle, the people of Israel would have been like, whoa, what just happened? I think we just won, right? So it went from being scared because it said every time he'd come out, they would run in fear and terror. And now all of a sudden, they had confidence because the giant was taken out. And David was successful. What's interesting about David is David had confidence when all the other soldiers were afraid. The light was green. I mean, their God is the God, right? So why would you be afraid of anything that's setting themselves up against God? But they didn't. They stayed put. Beep, beep. I'm sure God every day was probably saying, beep, beep, somebody do something. Beep, beep. And finally, David comes and says, is somebody not going to do something about this? And he steps up. What's amazing about David is when he did this, he then gave permission to everybody else to have courage. In fact, it says that David had some mighty men that after he killed Goliath with the one stone, he picked up four because David, Goliath had four other brothers. And eventually his mighty men would go and kill the other giants. He gave permission to his friends to do the similar things that he did because of his boldness and his strength. I think too many times we're waiting at a light that's green. We're waiting for the situation to be perfect, whatever. We don't realize that there are people behind us waiting so we can go so that they can have confidence to also go. You might be holding back somebody from dreaming the same dreams you have because you're unafraid to move forward. The reason David wasn't afraid is because he had a word from God that said, David, you're going to be the next king. And since he wasn't king yet, you can only imagine his mindset, right? If he has the right thinking, well, if God says I'm king, God is God, I'm not. I'm not king yet. There's a chance for a battle now to show God's strength and to have our, our, our nation be successful. Why, why won't I step into that? The light is green. God gave me a green light. And he went after him. When you read scripture, when you let God's word get into you, you'll begin to find the principles in the areas where God says it's green. And there's some things that God has already spoken. You don't have to ask permission. You don't have to ask permission to do missions. You don't have to ask permission to give, be generous with your life. There's things that God says, just do it. The light is green. Get going. Live your life in a way that makes a big difference. And there's some scenarios where you should seek God and counsel before you do something, you know, drastic. But a lot of times it's, God has said it's green. Go. And operate in that way. The light is green. Let's just go. And if we're ever going to go the wrong place, God will give us a yellow light. He'll give us a red light. He'll slow us down because God wants us to get to where we need to get more than we want to get there. We'll just trust him and let him lead us. So this, this year, would you make this a priority? In 2020, I don't know if you noticed this, but in the messages, I use more scriptures than I usually do in previous years. Because I knew the year we were facing, we needed to have more promises and more principles from God 
to be able to help us than ever before. So we incorporated more scripture into our messages, into our, into our series, because we're saying, God, we, we, you have the answers for us no matter what we face. Help us to get it into our lives. Help us to get it into us so that we can live it out that year, this year. So make this a priority. Make prayer and fasting this next few weeks a priority. So here's my challenge for today, all right? The light is green. Beep, beep, let's go, right? Here's my challenge. Would you ask and would you answer the first question? What one thing, if it got better, would make the biggest difference in your life? Some of you have to ask somebody in your life to help you discover this. Maybe it's others you have to just wrestle with this. And then this week, just this week, what one thing? Would you just work on one thing? Not ten things, just one thing. What one thing, if it got better, would make the biggest difference in your life? And if you already have that answer, beep, beep. The light is green. Go, do it. You have permission. Go for it. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Don't stop. Don't let the fear, don't let the giants, don't let anything else get the voices get out and begin to tell you you can't do it. Just do it. Just go for it. And then imagine with me, if we would ask this question on a weekly basis, in the next few weeks, other questions we add to this to make better decisions, what would your life look like in 52 weeks, right? That's 52 Sundays to 52 weeks in a year if you would do this. What would your life look like if you begin to say, I'm going to just work on something Maybe it's simple, maybe it's something big, but what would that look like if I did that? So my challenge, would you just start? Just get going, get moving. The light is green. Let's get going. All right. Hey, if we end our, we're going to end our service. And would you do me a favor? Would you, um, um, I'm going I'm to ask an opportunity to give as we start a year that you would, if, if you're here and one, you're not a Jesus follower and you want to make that decision to become a Jesus follower, a Christian, I want to lead you in a prayer. Or maybe you're here and, you got off track and you recognize that you're on the wrong road, you're on the wrong path. Wouldn't it be a great way to start the year off by saying, I'm off track. Let me get back on track. I'm, I'm going the wrong way. God, I want to come the right way. There's a fresh start. The Bible says his mercies and his grace are new every morning. So today is a new day. It's a new start. So whether you're in this room and you're not a Jesus follower, or maybe you're in this room and you're off track, let's start a year off by saying, God, I dedicate myself to follow you this year. God, I dedicate myself to putting you first in my life. So do me a favor, would you close your eyes and bow your head today? I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm just going to lead you to prayer right there where you're at. But if that's you, you say, I'm off track or I want to put my faith in Christ today. Would you do, do me a favor, just lift your hand right where you're at and I'd love to lead you to prayer. A new start, a fresh start. If you're online and you feel this way, would you pray with us? Anybody else? That's me. God, I, I say yes to you. Awesome. Would you do me a favor for those in this room? Would you pray, pray with me so that those that raise their hand aren't praying alone? If you online, pray this prayer. Say this: Say, Father God, today, forgive me for getting off track. Today, I choose to follow you. Would you give me courage and strength to accomplish the things you created me for? Help me to follow your lead. I say yes to you today. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the sacrifice that makes me right with you. Come into my life. Give me a new start. I say yes to you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate those that prayed the prayer today. So good. pray that prayer online or here in, in the building uh, do, do us a favor on today at some point 
on our connection card, there's a box that checks in made decision. I'll send you a follow-up letter saying here's some next steps to take. Uh, water baptism is the next step after you make that decision to follow Christ. If you haven't been water baptized, that'd be the next step you take. There's other ones that come after that. I'll, I'll love to send a letter just saying here's some next steps to take on, your, on this journey. It's a journey. It's a relationship. And so don't stop. Keep moving. Keep walking. One step at a time, right? Don't let those broken escalators keep you from going. Just keep on. Keep on walking. Keep on putting one foot in front of the other. Awesome. As we end our service today, we always give an opportunity for us to give in the offering together and to, to, to worship together, part of our worship. And so if you came prepared today, there's a bucket. You know, on the way out, you can either go out this exit or you can go out the, the other other exit. You can choose either or. Um, so if you brought it, there's a bucket here you can give. If you didn't, you can give online later. And I just want to say thank you for your generosity, for your, your consistency. Um, one of the things that I want to do to just celebrate a little bit is um, to talk about, you know, our giving and, and what took place in 2020. Uh, as a church, one of the things that we do every every January is we put a stretch goal out for our church to be generous. So we look for ways to, to organizations to partner with, right? So we feed kids in Haiti. 100 kids are fed every single week because of people in our church that feed them, that, that support Feed One. Um, we, like the different organizations that we feed in, in Africa and around the world, we look for ways to partner with different compassion ministries and missionaries. And so every year we set a goal. It's called, it's part of our Kingdom Builders Giving, that we want to go above and beyond what we normally give. So 10% always goes away from us. But then we say, what, what if we could give more than that? What if we could do more to build the kingdom of God in Santa Fe and in, in the United States and around the world? And so every year we do this stretch, stretch goal, right? And so last year, our stretch goal was $50,000. And we were able to give a, a little over $48,000. So we were so close to hitting our $50,000, um, which is more than we've ever given before. But the cool thing is, through Bike for Light, we actually were able to give $53,000 above that to Bike for Light. So our church had over $100,000 impact in missions giving and building wells, things like that, to help spread the gospel, to help others that need it, right? Which is really awesome. So this year we thought, you know, if 2020, we're able to do that in 2020, I think we should be able to do that again in 2021. So with Bike for Light, with Kingdom Builders, our goal for this year is to, be, to give over $100,000. When I look at the numbers, it's pretty staggering because that's about a 30% of our whole entire budget that eventually will will go away from us to help build the kingdom of God, which I think is phenomenal, which is awesome. And so here's my ask of you, all right? One, would you be faithful in your giving, be, be consistent, and then pray about going above and beyond, giving towards kingdom builders so that when these opportunities rise up and come up, we can say yes to them as they, as they come up. Because they always pop up, and there'll always be opportunities because light is green. So why don't we be the ones who are generous and we be the ones that say, let's give above and beyond. Here's the thing about giving, all right? So the average church, about 20% of the people that come, they'll go in, they'll go all in. Like they'll be consistent in their giving and their serving. The other 80% usually is hit and miss. So can you imagine what we can do? If, if we can do that with 20% or so of, of, of con- co- commitment, what would it look like if we had 100% commitment in our church? I think we can go even above and beyond that what we've ever done before to start more churches, to help more missionaries, to help more people in Santa Fe and around the world. So would you just prayerfully consider being all in when it comes to finances? You put God first, and then you'd go above and beyond and say, God, I'm going to be generous with my finances. I guarantee, this is what the Bible says, that this is the one area that if you test God, like if you're wondering if God is real, he says test me in this area. It's the only area God tells us to test him. It's with our finances. And we put him first. It says he opens up the windows of heaven and pours out blessings upon us. Sometimes they're financial blessings, sometimes they're relational blessings, sometimes they're jobs and other things that God gives us. Different ways that he blesses us, but he blesses his people when we put him first. So church, let's put him first, right? Light is green. 
let's do the best that we can. Let's be generous and let's be faithful in our giving like we were last year. Let's do it again this year, but even even more so. Let's all go in, all right? Awesome. Let's pray one more time. God, thank you for our church family, Lord. Thank you for all those that are watching online that have been faithful in their giving. And for those that have come to Grove Central, for those that have um, just put you first, God, is that, that they look for ways to be generous with their time, with their resources, God, with their life. I pray this year, 2021, would be a year that we would be the most generous people ever. God, that we would live our life in such a way that we're looking for ways to serve others, to help others, to, to meet the needs of those um, that, are, that need it the most. Today as a church, we just ask, Father God, would you help us to accomplish those goals? God, I pray blessings upon those today as we start our, our month off, start a year off. God, I just speak blessings upon the area of finances, God, area of relationships, area of health. God, that you would just uh, let your windows be open, God, if it windows have important blessings upon us so we can be blessed, so we can be a blessing to those around us. And so today, Lord God, we just declare that you are Lord in our life. You're first. God, we, we put you first and we declare that you are, you're good. And so today, we just thank you for the opportunity, Father God, for us to be able to give our best and to give the most that we have. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Awesome. Can you guys stand with us and sing this last song? Thanks again for being a part of it.